cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Oh, hey everybody, what's up? My name is Joey B. I'm just hanging out. We decided to go live today, of all days. And guess who we have with us? We got Andre. If you don't know Andre Pearson, y'all, you're going to know him today. Because today, we got Andre. Yo, always, always, and always check out blindknowledge.com. The website is up. We are ready to service if you need services. We are ready to promote if you need promotion. We are ready to do something different. We have this gentleman right here, folks. His name is Andre Pearson. He is a YouTuber. He is a master of relationships. He is politically, religiously. He's just a motivated dude. He has opinions and he backs it up. I appreciate it. Hey, you're right on point. You're on point. Thank you. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. That's a, it's a good start, you know? Let me ask you, Andre, you're, I already noticed you're huge on YouTube. What do you do and where can people find you before we get started? Well, my company that I run is called ODP Media Group. And under ODP Media Group, we provide a lot of business services and we have a lot of sister companies. And one of the sister companies that people can find me on all the platforms and social media is up under Why Does Love Hurt So Good? Because on that channel, I do a lot of relationship coaching and i offer different views and opinions on different videos books and things that people can understand so it, all the social medias you can find me on all of them under the name why does love hurt so good why does love hurt so good all right now you said this is the second edition or your second book this is the second book out right now it's currently out on the market and of course we always have new books in the wings we do i also have as part of my company we have a musical cd out called uh, Crazy Genius. Oh, man. Sounds like you do a lot. Sounds like you do a lot for sure. The name itself, though, I got to ask you. The name itself. Is that something original or did you, did you pick it up somewhere? Yeah. Well, how'd that happen? It's an original thing I used to use before I even did the book that I would do talks with people. And I always would t I'll tell them, ask the question, but rather, why does love hurt so good? And people always ask me, what about, they like the title and they want to know about it. And what exactly, you know, how did I come about the whole thing? And it's very simple. In this world that we live in as people, we're always looking for someone to love. No matter how much our love experiences hurt us, we always seek out love from someone else. So it hurts so good, not so bad, but so good because when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it hurts. No one likes to hurt. Exactly. So we jump it, we, we take ourselves and throw back out there again to find someone to fill that void. Of what we used to have. You just changed my whole vibe, Andre. You just changed my whole vibe. So, all right. You talk about hurt. Talk about relationships. You talk about the good, the bad. It sounds like a lot of yin and yang. Correct. Good and evil. Good and bad, I guess. Um, People today do this. People choose their partner based on preference. And they should pick their partner based on purpose. So we pick people off of preference because of the way they look the way they made us feel for the moment, but they don't have the attributes that we need, really do need to be in, be in love and happy with them. When we pick someone on our purpose, 
we always pick someone that has some of the same qualities and attributes that we want in a, in a mate. And sometimes that may not be the person that's the best looking person. It may be someone that looks good, but, but they treat us nice. Because you'd be surprised at how many people think that we date one another because we get along so well. That's not exactly what it is. Women don't give men second chances on dates because of how they, uh, you know, how much money they spent that night. They give men second chances on dates by the way they make them feel when they're with them. It's a lot of information there, Andre. That's a lot of information. I, I, I heard, I heard you right in my heart, though. You're saying that it doesn't really come down to looks, doesn't come down to situations. It comes down to uh, who is the best. Would you say it's the best counterpart? Yes, you need to, we need to find someone who actually wants to do some things that we do that can be our yin to our yang because we're mm. not going to find someone that's exactly like us because that you wouldn't want nobody who's just like you. You'd be bored. Mm. That's the reason why opposites attract. You know, that's a good point that you're making. When you have these conversations with, and is it mostly women or is it men and women? Mostly 88% of my clientele are women. Mm. So okay. they're always coming to me with different scenarios. And, but men do time in every once in a while because they need answers as well, but they're a little bit afraid of letting people know they need help. Yeah, I can see that. I'd have difficulty doing that myself. It was hard to get that out because <laughs> just to even admit that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that just offhand. But when you have these conversations, when you have these meetings or you do shows, whatever you would classify, you know, you being helpful to another party or at least showing them a bigger picture, do you find that you find... Do you find that you encounter, rather, folks that are hurting or folks that are just looking to spice up their already great relationship? That's a good question. And a lot of times I come across women that I talk to who just don't understand their man from their perspective. See, women have a tendency to ask us questions that they want us to confirm for them. And sometimes for the man, one of the questions I get asked a lot by women is, why do men lie? And I have them, I say, first of all, women coming with their objective is to confirm what they think is a problem from us. Our perspective as men are saying, I have you and a side chick. What would be the benefit of me telling you the truth? Because I could lose both you and the side chick. So they don't tell you the truth because they can't see a way or understand a reason why it's beneficial to them tell doing so. Hold up. There's a, there's a lot to unravel there, too. So you try to basically open up the horizons, would you say? Correct. Open up and get them to understand to switch places, because if they want to know why men do the things that they do or why women do the things that they do, they need to understand exactly where they're coming from. So before I begin and jump into it, I have to ask some questions. I have to know what's going on, what you believe is going on and what do you actually want to happen at the end of the conversation that we have? And a lot of times they just want instant answers. And I can tell people all the time, there is no one answer fix all problems that's going to fix your relationship. Because for many of us, we got to first understand that if there is a problem, you are involved in it. You person that do it by themselves. No one didn't just start it by themselves. You have to ask questions to get answers, to be able to make a recommendation on things based on what they said was happening. That's interesting. That's interesting that you say that. So are they able to recognize their own 
I don't know, problems or issues? Well, in the first 30 minutes of a two-hour session, they would tell me everything that's wrong is blamed on the other person. As we continue to go on in the conversation, I let them know that the person that you're talking about, you had to have some involvement in it. Something was building up to a point where these things started to happen. Either you weren't listening when they were talking or you were trying to be right and you didn't hear them. We do that quite a bit. We can hear people talk to us, but we're not listening. They can say things, but we hear them. We don't understand. So getting clarification on things that we're doing and saying, we always ask a simple question. Just ask the person, you just said so-and-so. Are you saying that this is what it is or why you feel this way? Because the one thing I do not do in any sessions with anyone is tell them how they feel, try to deny that they have the feelings that they have, or that they're wrong in the way they feel. You have the right to believe that. Can anyone actually do that? Can you tell someone how to feel? Yes. Some, some people I've worked with in this, this genre can actually, in the wording, how they position it, let the person know and feel that they are wrong in the way they're thinking. But it's not just wrong in the way you're thinking. It's changing your mindset to think different. How do you meet with, with folks? Do you ever meet in person or is it mostly uh, virtual? You know, virtual Before chat? the pandemic, I met them in person. We would meet at certain restaurants or certain places they felt comfortable speaking in, in an open room, but where people can't hear them. When the pandemic hit, it turned more to Zoom calls, and it's kind of worked out better for them because they can be comfortable in their own home and really talk and say what they want to say on them with me. And since we don't do it live, it's a recording of a situation. We're not sharing the personal information if they do not give permission to do so. Okay, so you keep PHI, HIPAA, all that in the back pocket. That's good. That's a good start for sure for any any kind of professional, you know, that is taking on these, you know, it's almost the livelihoods of these folks, you know, relationships, aren't they kind of the foundation of society? It is. And the thing about it is that people don't understand that everything in our life that we have accomplished thus far comes from relationships we've had with people. You, we, you would not be where you are. I have the things that you have or grown up in your business or moved around in your relationship without making connections, having relationships. And sometimes that could be just as much important as money is. I bet you there's some people out there that disagree. They just want some green in their pocket and they think they can buy the world. What would you say to those people? Well, they, they could buy the world. But as you have seen many times, many people, uh, when you have all the money and you have no friends, nobody to share it with, you're just spending. You're not happy. At the end of the day, no one can tell me this. No one wants to be by themselves. Let's just get it out there. You hear people say, I'm good by myself. or oh, I'm single. I'm good being single. You may be good for the moment, but this planet and the way that it is designed, you are not placed here to be by yourself. And no one wants to live a life by themselves. I'm going to take the other side of that argument. Okay. Just as, I don't know, to play devil's advocate. I guess you could say. But if you got a hermit, hermit loves to be alone, maybe, for or at least for part of their life. Maybe they just need a year away from everything. I'm not saying an antisocial type, but maybe they just don't want to build new relationships. Maybe they've had experiences where they were, like you said at the beginning, hurt. How do you coach these folks? Well, we have to first ask the question, how do we get to where you are currently? And is it where you want to stay? Because even if you take a year off, 
at some point you're going to come back into the fold of meeting and talking to people. You can't buy your groceries without talking to somebody. You can't go to the movies without talking to somebody. You can't order food without talking to somebody. So the question is, what level are we going to go from zero to 100? Are we going to step back in and start dating? Are we just going to just meet friends? Are we just going to have people we hang out with? Because some people don't like to hang with a group of people. They like to be by themselves and they get homebodies, which is nothing wrong with that. But at some point, you are going to interact. And if you don't know how to interact, you're not going to have any friends. That would suck. I'm very grateful to have friends, to have family, to to have relationships with you know people out in society. I've burnt bridges, and I hope to never do those things ever again because I was young, and I didn't realize that words can hurt even if you didn't mean them the way you said them, even if it was a, a moment in time of arguing or anger or frustration or just depressing just depression, just being like, I don't want you in my life anymore. Well, someone might perceive that as, okay, they don't want me in my life or they don't want me in their life. And, and there's, you know, that relationship is just broken. That happens so in relationships. Remember now, you hear women today say, I don't need a man. I'm independent. If you look up the word independent, it says to do things alone. If you tell a man in front of them, you don't want them or need them. Why would they chase you? That's a valid point. You just told them I don't need you. That's another valid point. Isn't, um, don't they say, you know, playing hard to get is one of the ways to, to land a, you know, a significant other? Well, playing hard to get, you may not get got. Oh, that's true. That's true. Now, we might have some viewers all over the world, and that word, God, that might be interpreted differently depending on religion, depending on where in the world someone lives, what country, what rules, what you know, knowledge they have. When you are talking about God, do you believe that the way you present it touches on an aspect of morality or love or maybe understanding? Or do you think you're hitting all the audiences? Honestly, that, that's a good question. I don't really try to hit them all because what I don't want to do, because I know that according to a Christian magazine, 50% of America believes in God. 50% don't. Now, out of that 50% that believe in God, only 9% have read the Bible they carry around and say they're following. That means that 41% of Americans that carry their Bible around to believe in God has no idea what the Bible says. And they're waiting for someone to tell them what it is. So when I talk to people, I never tell them that you're right or wrong or believe in what you believe in. I'm just simply saying, don't try to sell me your religion when I'm not in it. I can hear about it, but you're not going to convince me to move from where I am if it makes no sense. Give me a good argument. I'll look it up. And if you give me good information that's, that's, that's acceptable, then I should come to the same conclusion that you come to. But if you can't give me good information, then... How can I come to the conclusion that you came to? I think that's a valid answer, just like every other answer we've grabbed from you, Andre. Um, you know, that's the cool thing about speaking with you, sir, is that you you have an opinion. Uh, usually, if not always, at least in my time speaking with you, an educated opinion. And not only that, you back it up. You back it up with sources or research or something to validate your point. 
That's the key thing about it. I always ask people before I first start talking about the Bible is what you're getting ready to tell me, what you feel, believe, or what's in Scripture. Because if you tell me what you feel and believe, that's just your opinion. I have no problem with that. But don't tell me your, what you feel is actually real. You've heard people say that tithing is money. There's no scripture in the Bible, old and new, that says tithe money, it's food. Now, if you want to have it represent money, then I can accept it if you say we are collecting money to, put, uh, to pay bills in the church. I just don't want you telling me God said because he never did. What is tithing for those that don't know? Tithing is food. You can look in Leviticus verses 27, 30, 31, and 32. It talks about food in the Old Testament. Well, you can turn to Matthew 23, 23 and read about food as well. Now, where people get confused about the whole situation is that if you are to bring your food to Jerusalem and I'm in Virginia, I can't bring a herd of cattle on the plane. That's a long ride. That's so a long said, travel, dude. Yeah, what it says to do is to cash in your items here in Virginia, get the money, go to Jerusalem, buy the, buy the, cow, the cattle back. And present it to God as an offering. Okay. Now, if people read the Bible who say they believe in God, as everybody don't, if you read the Bible for yourself, for your own understanding, there's no pastor can trick you with half-truths. You're, so you're saying there's pastors out there with half-truths? Pastors out there that not only have truth but lies, straight-up lies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a heavy, that's a heavy uh, argument. Not even an argument. That's a... That's just heavy right there, man. And I can tell you, let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Yeah, please do. I need some evidence to back that up, dude. Churches today have uh, got two criteria that they do in church. They keep their congregation giving money and believing in what they say based on fear and, uh, uh, and doubt. They will get you feared in that if you don't give money to a church, God's not going to bless you. There's no scripture that says that. But because you don't, you don't know for yourself, you haven't read for yourself. It's in the Bible in plain English. So when you about, they got you under guilt. They got guilting you into doing things. But then again, if you think about what they're doing, and you read Malachi 3, where it says, when a man robbed God and tithes and offerings, it's the people who give him money who get tax forms back at the end of the year that is robbing God. Do you think God is stupid to not know you're loaning him the money for 12 months, waiting for blessings? At the end of the year, you get your tax form back. File your taxes, get your money back, go spend it. Are you not robbing God? But if you read that whole scripture, Malachi 3, 9, 10, 11, and 12, you will understand plainly it's talking about food. It says bring the meat to the storehouse, not the money. Bring the meat to the storehouse, not the money. The argument is, the pastors tell, all the pastors tell me I talk to that we can't pay bills with food. I agree, you can't. But here's what I want you to do. God never said the three phrases they use on you in church to get you to give money out of guilt and fear is God said, the Bible says, and God told me to tell you. That's what they use as fear to get you in now because the churches today mostly are a club that, in which you pay dues 52 weeks out the year. And they're not talking really about God or using God as the product to sell what they're trying to put out there, their narrative. Because if you read the Bible, you know that tithing is given three to five times a year, not 52. So the question is, who turned food 
from the Bible into collecting money. Man did. Society did, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Look at the chain in the Bible. Money is the root of all evil. If it is, why we want it so badly? Isn't it like Adam and Eve? The apple? It's like, it's, it's like the, the, the story of Eve to the point where God knew when he put them there that this is what it was going to be. So if you think about the story of Adam and Eve, Adam was brought here first. And men always think that we are supposed to be the top of the pyramid. Actually, we are not. We're at the bottom of the pyramid because we are the foundations in which everything stands. Now, God put Adam in, in the garden. He didn't even present him a woman before he presented him work. And it wasn't until Adam got his stuff together that God presented him a woman. Now, like in today's society, our job as head of household is to inform our wives or girlfriends, whoever we, we're dating, information. He was supposed to do the same thing about the tree of knowledge to eat. But did he do that in the Bible? He did not. She went and ate the fruit from the tree. And like an idiot, he turned around and took a bite as well, knowing the rules and regulations of that tree. And according to scripture, when he comes, when God comes into the garden and said, Adam, what happened? Like men do today when we mess up things with our relationship, who do we blame it on? The woman. And that's exactly what Adam did in the story. He blames it on Eve. So again, the correlation between the two is exactly the same. Nothing has changed. That's re that's ridiculous. That's it's amazingly ridiculous. It's not right. It's something that you would think would have been changed in our genetics and you know learning from our history. Why do you think we're still you know having that mentality? Because society said to you, society has told you that in certain households, in certain uh, cultures, we cannot have the man in the family. Okay. We cannot have the man there. So they have offered the woman a, a selection. You can have Section 8 housing and stamps, but that man cannot stay. I don't follow. I don't follow. So you're saying the woman holds down the fort and the man just gets tossed out? Because according to the law, if the woman wants that Section 8 housing, that she can pay $100 a month for rent and get food stamp for her kid, she cannot be with that man in a household. Because if he is, they're going to take everything back. So you're talking just specifically divorce? No. I'm talking about in general, as far as relationships, in a normal household, man and woman is in the household with the kids. And a man may pay bills or they may split the bills. But according to the Section 8 laws in the, in the world, if a woman want to get a $1,500 a month apartment for $100 a month, here is the rules and regulations. We'll give you that place for $100 a month, and we give you food stamps on top of it. But you can't have no man live with you. What happens if a man starts to live with her? She loses everything that she got free. Think about it. $1,500 rent to $100 rent. They're telling her that. Does a man get to do that? Like the vice no. versa? No. no, he's the man. He's, he's supposed to be able to take care of himself. What? Really? Really? That's, that's how it is? Like, Remember, women that are taught today in our generation right now are not taught in the household to love a man, they are taught to survive. Okay, I follow you. So if they got a man that can take care of them, not because they can't take care of themselves, but a man willing to do this without questioning them, then they take it. He may not be the best looking man in the world. He may not be the you know tallest whatever, but he is quiet and he has resources that she needs. 
Now, she could be cheating with the other man that she really want to be with on the side. But in his face, in his neighborhood, uh, she's going to smile at him. And there's so many women who do that right now. They would do that. They would smile on the man's face, allow the man to take care of the children, pay the bills, clothe them, school them, medical, everything. When it comes to disciplining, they always say, no, you can't do that. Their father has to do it. But the question is, what the hell are their father now? I'm taking care of everything now. Where are they now? They drive by dads. They drive by and bring presents instead of being present in their life to those kids. They probably have some kind of um, order, court order, maybe. Have you ever encountered that where they well, can't court, even come no, into? No, no, the court order. I have seen court orders for those things, but not to keep a man away from the child. The thing is that the woman has allowed to keep the man away from a child because she don't want to mess up her current situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's working? Yeah, she'll meet him somewhere, but he can't really just fall up in there when he wants to because the dude may feel some type of way. And if, the, and if her resources, gets up and leave, what's she going to do? Because remember the guy, the guy she's not with is not father material, nor somebody she wants to spend her life with that has resources. The dude that she's with is the one that got those things. So she has to play uh, the middle of the fence and make everybody happy. Have you ever encountered uh, someone in that situation that didn't know how to level up, that didn't know what they would do without that extra source of income or that extra source of security or someone else to discipline the child, whatever it may be, were they just scared to let go? Maybe they were a good person and they just didn't know what they got themselves into. No, like You got it right the first time. Yes, they are scared to let it go because you got to keep in mind, if you if women don't find millionaires every day. But when you find a guy that's willing to take, take you in with three or four kids and they're not his, but he's willing to take on you and the kids because he loves you. That is rare. That is very rare to find a guy willing to take on you and other kids by other men and take care of you. She can't mess that up right now. In the book, when I describe that concept, uh, that information, I describe it as they call women have monkey arms. You ever seen a monkey in a tree? He never let go of the branch. Hold on till he gets another one. Oh, oh, oh. He's not going to let go of you until you find another one. I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... From one swing to the next, to the next, they don't fall usually. Exactly, because he hold on until they get another grip to another one. Goes on, it's equal. So the tree is just equally strong as this tree was, so he can swing. One will find a guy equally, if not more money, than the person that's prior to them taking care of him, and go with them. Then she knows for sure she's gone. Then she say things like, we're just not working out. We're not compatible. I think I should just leave. In other words, I got another guy that's bigger and better than you, and now I can go over and be there. I'm out. Would you consider those excuses? Oh. Or would you just consider that the status quo? The status quo. Because men would do the same thing. Men would have, get tired of the woman, have another woman on the side, have it all set up. So a woman get into argument with him because he baits you into the argument. Till you say the words, get your stuff and get out. He's ready to go. Mm. Then when he That's leaves, it. yeah, when, then when he leaves, then she's standing there going like, what I didn't really mean for him to leave, I just was mad at him. But you gave him the out that he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, the option, the out, like you said. How long have you been doing this, man? How long have you been how long have you been doing this kind of relationship strengthening and um understanding and, and all of this great work that you do? I've been doing this since college. It was for fun to help people early in college. Oh, cool. So you started for fun. Yeah, that's it was fun. See, that's that's from the heart. That's I, I respect that a lot. 
because I wanted to help men that, I, that was in my class, you know, that I was dealing with to understand the women that you're dealing with right now. They're not stupid. They know what you're doing. They know what you want from them. They're not stupid. But these games that you're playing, I have to get them to understand that if you play games, you have to understand that the object of games is somebody win, somebody loses. Over the last three plus years, I've learned these. I learned this. And now I turned it in when I did my YouTube channel and wrote the book. But the YouTube guys I was dealing with and some of the people that was iHeartRadio said, you should turn this into podcasts. You should do a book. You should do this. You should do that and charge. I said, well, uh, yeah, I could. I could. I mean, it's fun. It's still fun to me. I can do that. And it just kind of picked up because people I deal with and talk to from different places on the Internet, from different social media platforms, they say the same thing. They have problems. They just don't know who to go to to answer them because here's the deal that you have. When you get mad at your girlfriend, you go to your guys. She go to her girlfriends. Your friends are going to tell you what you need to hear because they're your friends. Yeah. Usually. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you what they want to hear. Now, I tell That's you all the time, yeah. when you tell your friends what your business is, let's say two weeks after the fact, you two get back together. You all love your Debbie in two weeks. Those friends are looking at the both of y'all on both sides. Like, what a fool is he? What a fool is she? Go back. After all the things you told me that happened to him two weeks earlier. So after all the bickering, after he said and she said, and all the events that happened over two weeks' time, all the negative things, the two, the two just come right back together, and the friends are probably just like, okay. So now just... when you come to them again, they're not going to treat you the same because you may end up back with them again. So we're just going to look at you strangely. and So the trust. Gone. Trust is gone. Correct. Yeah. Do you feel like you've helped a lot of people? Do you feel like you have not helped a lot of people? Do you feel like you've helped more than not helped? Were some not able to be helped? You know, I would, I would I gather or imagine at least yeah. nine to ten. Yeah. Correct. I helped quite a few save their relationships. They end up getting married and live a happy life. But I do encounter people who want to fight me on the information because they don't want to change. They don't want to change. So if we find out from a fact that the problems you have in your relationship, you help contribute to it. The way to get over it is to admit that you had something to do with it. And so for guys, okay. and for many guys, they always say, oh, no, I had to do it. You just, you just crazy. No, you're, you are a mirror to her. She mirrors what you give to her. You give her love, she give it to you 10 times back. You give her hate, she's going to give you hate 10 times back. That's why they always tell you about how a woman gets scorned. Because women have told me nothing makes them feel more alone than laying in the bed beside their mate and feeling lonely. Yeah, that is, that's a different kind of lonely. When there's someone that supposedly you love and supposedly loves you back and you feel alone in the same bed, ooh, that hurts. And that when you has ask the question, hurt. why do men cheat? People say, why do men cheat? Well, I get why men cheat, because they can. Women say yes, they say yes, because men's jobs, if we understand us as people, for, for instance, women that are raised as children play with baby dolls at some point. Maybe, yeah, probably the majority, yeah. And they get older, they start taking care of other people's children for money, babysitting. So when they get as an adult and have a child, they can multitask a thousand things because they've been doing this kind of thing all their lives. They already know. They already know the repetition started when, with Barbie. So now for men, though, it's a different story. Women say, 
Why do men play games? Well, let's look how you're raised. When you play sports, basketball, football, baseball, what was the object? Strategize and win. That's it. That's the name of the game. It was never to tie. It was never to tie and feel good for playing the game. You went into the game to win with the object to win. You play to win the game. So when you start dating a woman, your job is to strategize and win, meaning get her and sleep with her. <laughs> that's your, that's your job. Start. Yes. It's... Because men's needs is in their head. A woman's need is in her heart. Let me ask you this, though. Let's say the woman cheats on the man. Man doesn't know what to do. Woman feels bad. They try to figure out how they can come back together. Okay. Have you ever encountered? It's funny you should ask that question because in the current video I'm working on for next week to be on my channel is called "Why Does Men Why Men and Women Can't Be Friends." Oh, oh wow. Okay. See, women right. women look at guys in one of two states: either their friend zone or their lover. Men, on the other hand, see women as lovers or nothing at all. We can't have a middle ground. If she cheats on him, his ego can't take it. So he'd rather leave it. If he works on it, he knows if he stays, not only does she got him in a corner, but his boys around him are going to say, look what she did to you. She's running you. So he'd rather quit the situation and leave, period. But women, on the other hand, when men cheat, men expect women to stay with them regardless and work it out because they so-called are a good man. But if you were a good man, you would have thought about what it would feel like to her if she found that you cheated on her. But we don't. We don't think about consequences. When you say we, you mean men? Men. Men don't think about the consequences they, of the woman that they're with. How would the woman feel when she finds this out? Because women are going to always find out. We're going to tell it on ourselves. And this is how we do it. And that's yeah, the majority, right? That's is, majority or is that every, oh, that's, every that's, situation? 99.9% that's, that's of men would tell on themselves when they cheat. Really? Wow. And this is how they do it. Really? <laughs> wow. Men, okay. Yeah, men, I don't think they do. I got to know. Yeah. Men, will know. Go, men have to tell. When they got a side chick, they got to go tell somebody they got a side chick. They tell their friends, tell somebody, show a picture and everything. They might even bring them out to one of the little get-togethers that y'all have that the wife's not going to be at or the girlfriend's not going to be around. Now, it's all good until one of your friends who can't get a girl, who having problems keeping a woman, know that you will have a side chick get in front of your girlfriend and say, hey, you ever talk to Sheila? It's like, hey, what, what, hey, 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 why you, she saying, who is Sheila? Now you got to stand there and come up with a story, get, you, get yourself out of trouble. But he knew what he was doing because he's jealous of you. The reason so many men, women get away with it more than men is because they tell one girlfriend and they keep their mouth shut. But here's the danger. Men can have sex with any woman on this planet without even knowing her name. Women have to have some kind of relationship with the person they're cheating on because they have to like them a little bit. They get in danger of catching feelings. Men don't catch feelings like that often. It does happen once or every blue moon, but not as often as it does with women. But women catch feelings and now they want to get clingy. Now they want to get close to you, be spend more time with you. Well, it's hard for the man cheating to spend time like that when he got a woman. Now she's going to get suspicious. That makes sense. That makes sense. I follow all the logic here. The reason why I bring up that question is because the last, it's a personal thing. The last um, long-term relationship I was in was about two years. 
Um, I was going to propose. And then something happened where actually she got a promotion over me at work. So she got a different job. Um, and then all at the same time, it was like the same one or two weeks, she just ghosted me. Literally ghosted me. I, I never, to this day, I have no idea what happened. If I what if or what or what I did wrong, what went wrong, it hurts to even say it. it I don't understand. I still don't understand it, and it affects me still today. Yeah, it may not be the situation that happened with you, but it could have been a situation of she needed to be with you for you to build her self esteem up. And when she got her self esteem built, she moved on to something. And now she remember she wasn't she didn't think she was the prettiest girl, but you told her every day she was the prettiest girl. You built that self-esteem up for her. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. that she became, now she knows she's got, she's beautiful. She's this and she's crafty. She's all this and everything, the bag of chips. Now she said, you know what? I don't need them anymore. <laughs> so she just went on to the next thing. Maybe I was stale. Maybe I was stale chips. She, what happened was she outgrew you in that moment when she got her confidence. Just in that moment when she got that promotion. That promotion, get rid of confidence. I see where you, yeah, that makes sense. That's the spark and the change. It just hurts. It's, it makes me really hollow. Because what we hope, we hope that every time we meet someone new and we get a chance to sit down and get to know them better, we're hoping that they, we know that they can hurt us. People always say, well, if you love someone, they wouldn't hurt you. But let's get that myth out the way. Love and pain comes together. They're inseparable. <laughs> what you're hoping, though, is this, that someone that you're with will love you more than they hurt you. You would hope so. Does, do you think that a partner or a man and a wife or even just a wife and a wife, man and a man, whatever, male, female, non-identifying, whatever it is, the relationship, do you think it's ever 100% truthful? Or do you no. think there's... Never will be. Never will be. Never? Never. We will always negotiate and compromise in a relationship. You would never have 100% of someone at all. Why? Why? Because no one wants to be that vulnerable to no one. But it's supposed to be your counterpart. It's someone that makes you scared, though. You're still scared of giving that. Think about it. If you tell your mate out of out of because you love her that your sister was an alcoholic years ago, that was like you told like two years ago. Now you arguing today. You know what she's gonna bring up? That's why your sister was an alcoholic. Then you going like, whoa, whoa! I told you that. You know, because you know. Now you because it hurts. It's like a dagger. So now you shut down because that's what men do. We shut down. We don't argue. We shut down. Now, when the girl says, talk to her, she tells her girlfriends, uh, you don't talk to me like you used to. You used to open up and go on. There's a reason why. He told you something that was personal to him. You took it and you used it the wrong way. Now, men do the same thing sometimes, but women do it more often. Try to get control over you. Yo, if you're out there on Twitter, if you're out there on Twitch, if you're out there on YouTube, if you are outside listening to me right now, what's up, y'all? This is Blind Knowledge. We're dropping knowledge with Andre Pearson. Andre Pearson is an author. He's got a new book out called Why Does Love Hurt So Bad? That's Hurts Why so Does Love Hurt So Good? Thank you for correcting me. Because, and the reason why I got messed up there is because sometimes it hurts bad. Why'd you go with good? Because if you hurt bad, you have to ask yourself the question, the definition of insanity. What is it? <laughs> You're the same thing and hoping that things change. Well, if it hurts bad, then why you keep looking for it? Because it's they're insane. You're insane. If it hurts good, that means at some point in every time you were together, that it was good to you that you had something to go back and look forward to. 
Yeah. When my girl uh, ghosted me, you know, I didn't, I didn't go back. I, I thought about just like showing up. I sent emails, I sent texts, I sent, I was blocked from every single social media. And then, you know, you can only try so much. And if you try, if you over try, you know, if I was just to show up unexpectedly or make her feel uncomfortable, you know, that wouldn't be love. That wouldn't be moral. And that would be insanity, I think. I think there's a line there. Well, the back of your mind, though, the back of your mind, the reason you didn't do those things is because you knew it would make you look foolish. Yeah. There, there was no resolution to doing that. Call her. So what? She yeah. talked to you. She talked, let's say she, she talked to you today. Okay. What are you going to say to her? She's already made a decision. Why, where, where you been? And what <laughs> like, answer, why'd what you ghost me? Well, what answer could she give you to put your mind at ease and let you move on about your business? None. None. That's why she chose not to do it because it's it's pointless to her. Yeah, and that makes sense. It makes sense for um, a man not to overly pursue if they're in their right mind, um, instinctually, you know. Because what's in it for them? The woman's not going to want to come back in that situation anyway. It's just, it's interesting. You know, I, I know you have pointed out that, you know, we have men that do men things. We have women that do women things. I can't help but question that there's got to be more of men doing women things and women doing men things and, and vice versa. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around um, you know, strict categories. And I know you said like 9.9 .9 out of 10 for this and, and maybe, you know, a different percentage for that, but you're saying mostly it's, it is true. Did you like, did you know that already when you got into this field or was it something that surprised you when you learned? Like, cause for me that just like, I I'm having trouble like wrapping my mind around. I can't believe it. I learned the hard way because I had like you, I had a, a girlfriend in high school, 10th grade, and she broke up with me. And the reason she gave for me for breaking up with me is because she said, you were too nice to me. And I'm sitting there going like, so you, you broke up because I treat you nicely. So you weren't an asshole. And exactly. Uh, so I said, do you want that kind of person to kind of in your life? And technically, basically, that's what most women in their early 20s want. That's why they chase the bad guy. The bad boy is excited because he breaks the rules. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the problem with that, though. When the bad boy turns 40 and you're 40, there's a 25-year-old that pops in his life. And guess who he now chooses? The 25-year-old. Not oh, because yeah. he's better than you are, but she can be trained mentally. Is that why? That wasn't the first one, two, or three reasons that popped into my head. We can train. It's easier to train her brand new than to change your mindset. Okay. Okay, so it's like starting new with Clay. Yeah. Because think about it. When older men get old, they date younger women. People always say, oh, man, he's, he's, a, he's a player. He's a player. But when an older woman dates a younger guy, she's, they thinking to her, she's a cougar. Oh, she's robbing a cradle. But you got to think of, the, think of the big picture here. Let's look at the big picture here. The, younger, the, old, the older man might marry that younger woman. He might just marry her. But there's no way in green God's earth that that 25-year-old is trying to marry that 45-year-old and settle down and take care of her. I don't know, man. I don't know. Why? Why? There's got to be an exception. I, I, I believe you that most... No, think about that. Think about that for a second. Think about it for a second. You're 25 years old, and there are 25-year-old women in your eyes, you can see, that looks great. Do you really believe that that 25-year-old boy got with that older woman 
to marry and take care of her as the man of the household? Oh, no, no, exactly. not at all. Exactly. So he knows why he's mm, there. That makes sense. His agenda is to sleep with you. She probably paying him trinkets and things to keep him happy and be with her. But the end of the road, the end game is not going to be marriage in most cases because he's looking at that young five-year-old girl that can have kids, that can do things and go and places going on. You're older. You don't have that anymore like that. You may not can have kids. Yeah. And you've kind of, as a 45, you said 40, right? 40, 40 45 person. When you get that older to a point like that in your life, there are certain things that you get settled with that a 25 year is not ready to settle. That makes sense. All right, Andre. I don't know what to do with my uh, energy right now because it makes sense. What you say makes sense when you say it. And I, I think that's really one of your strengths, really, um, from what I have, um, wh- what I have learned in, in the short amount of conversations that we've had is that you have a great way of presenting um, a full picture, you know, a full spectrum, if you will, of, of scenarios that could happen. It's almost like pathways. It's almost like a, um, I don't know how to describe it, like an old school book that you might read as an elementary school kid and you get to the bottom of the page and it's like, turn to page 93 if you think Charlie falls down the well. Turn to page 72 if you think Charlie jumps over the well, you know? And I appreciate that. And that's how my book is actually written when people read it because I incorporate scriptures with information about relationships because they coincide. Okay, how do you do that? Well, men today believe in the Old Testament, it says that men had a lot of wives. Solomon had a lot of wives, and this is true. But God did not sanctify you to have more than one partner. He says it in Ephesians chapter 5. So when you think of that, that's what God, the Bible says, that's what you say. You want to go along with that, not God, but man. That's interesting. That's some high level stuff right there. Or God is lying to us. Yeah, take your choice. Either he because he said that if he's lying to us and it's okay to have a bunch of bunch of partners, then why would he tell us in Ephesians chapter five about marriage? To be with one man, get with your woman, cleave to her. Why would he say all that if he intended us to have multiple women? So you're saying uh, that that gentleman in the Bible was basically a polygamist and multiple wives, even though it was God's will for him to have one wife. He did it anyway, almost like the Adam and Eve thing. That was his choice. It was not God said to do it. He chose to do it. So when God took took him away from that situation, made everything bad, now he's wondering why God did this to me. Well, God said one woman, one man. You said men, multiple women. So what does parents do? When you tell parents that you're not to do something and you do it anyway, what happens? You get punished. <laughs> but you know why we do it, right? When, especially when we're younger and immature. Well, we do it We do it because it's a dare. It's like a, a good little dare to us to see. But here's the problem. When you realize that that dare brings you problems and your goodness gets you rewarded, then you switch the mindset of, you know what? If I do good, I get paid. If I do bad, I get punished. Let me do good because I, I like good over bad. I like to eat. I like to be clothed. I like a roof over my head. I like to be loved by the person I'm sleeping next to. And that takes a lot of negotiating and compromising all of your life that you're together. There is no, you won't get your way every time you open your mouth. It's not that. Pick your battles. Which is more important to you? Because think about this right here. 
If you are a, a man and your woman wants to talk to you about her day, you know right now all you really want as a man, because this is men, men want highlights. What do you mean? We want highlights to a, to a uh, conversation. Women, on the other hand, they want details. We're sitting there watching TV. They want to tell us their whole entire day. Okay. I, I Now I follow you. Okay. So you're saying men are cool with just bullet points, highlights. Women want the whole story. They want the novel. They want all the info, the details. Like you They said. want to tell you how it started, what time of day this happened. And the, the girl, what happened? Did he, did he say something to you? <laughs> You want to just give me the highlights here. So uh, the seeds, basically, you, you get to pull out where these seeds were planted and that that person, in this case, the, the woman, right? If I'm following correctly, they come to the realization that that's where this growth of whatever the incident m- may have been, that's where it started. Correct. Because remember now, as the man, your job as the head of household is to make sure that everything in your household is in alignment. That's true. Man in the house, uh, protector, overseer. You're responsible for everything under your roof. So if your woman acts out and do things bad, you can't get mad at her. Your job is to correct her to the point where she get back in alignment with the way things are. This is why relationships sometimes have arguments because when the man is supposed to be the breadwinner and the woman is the breadwinner, the man can't tell the woman anything. Because she's taking care of you. That's an interesting dynamic. Have you ever encountered that? I have met, I've met, met clients who had that same situation where the woman made more money and the man made less. And before the woman made more money, she was humble because he made more money. And she was up under him and everything was cool. But the moment she got over him, she had a whole new attitude. Now she wanted him to do better, be better, do it. She's telling him what to do. Now, here's the thing. When men say 50-50 in the world, in the relationships, so that's what they want. Let's be clear. If you're if you're a Christian person or believe in God, there is no scripture in the Bible that says a man and woman should be splitting bills 50-50. That's yeah, the, that wouldn't there were no bills back when the scripture exactly. was written. Exactly. We'd say the household oh. duties was not split. Makes perfect sense. Makes men perfect go, men sense. Men gonna make the money, men gonna make the money, women manages the money. That's how it works. That is still to this day, you're saying. But in, in society today in 2022. The man wants the woman to pay 50-50, not because he wants her to pay half. He wants to make sure she's contributing to the relationship. Oh, I see. That's why when you hear the, when you hear the term, a man tell a woman, what do you bring to the relationship? What he's really saying, because what women hear is financial. But what he's really saying to the woman is this. What besides your body are you contributing to the relationship and things that I won't need since I have agreed to give you what you want. So what are men looking for? What's what's the factor there? Is it sex? Is it just attention? Well, sex is not on the top of the list, but the number one thing that most women mention to me that they really want from a relationship is peace. Really? Do you, want, do you want to argue every day with your woman? Every day? No, never, actually. Your house is supposed to be your kingdom, not your prison. Because women, come, when you, you walk in the door, you walk in the door, First thing she do is, why you take trash out? Why you didn't do this? Why give, give me five minutes to get in the house? Oh, give, give, yeah. give me sit down for a minute. Right? You want some things. So it's like that's why that's why men never come home. Men don't come directly home these days. They go to the bar, hang with the friends, because they got to get ready, get ready mentally to go home to hear this. And that's not a good start. And that's not a good transition. And that's usually the end. It is in most cases because they want peace. 
I mean, they're not saying not to talk to me at all, but give me five minutes to get in the door, get undressed, sit down, get comfortable, get a meal or something. Let me get myself together before you start telling me what I didn't do, what I didn't do. It's always what I didn't do. It's never that I did something right. You didn't take out the trash. You didn't vacuum. You left this on this. You left this. On. It's like all the negative. Why would I want to hear that? Uh, it makes you, I, I, or just hearing that, I wouldn't want to hear that. Like after a long day, you know. A lot of women in relationships are dream killers. I'm sorry, they're dream killers. A lot of women are dream killers. So if you do a radio show now, you want to be a baker. You want to try baking. You tell your woman, I want to try to do baking. She's thinking about the income that you make from what you currently do, and how that may drop off, and her lifestyle may drop off. If you try something different and it don't work. So she tell you, why would you leave this one? It works just fine. Go try something else you don't know how to do. She's supposed to be supporting yeah. you. Yeah. Not her, our job is encouraged, not to discourage. I like that. I like that. It the job is to encourage, not discourage. I like what you said earlier too about recovery. Um, I know that in um like AA, NA, realizing that there is an issue, a problem. Something is a is a, is just awry. How hard is it to get that? It's hard for women a lot of times because someone has sat down to me and told me they had three boyfriends and all three boyfriends left them left her. And I have to ask this question. It's a hard question because it's the truth. Could you think that the denomination of this whole thing is you? Could it be you? T always say they did this and they did that. The center of this whole thing is you. What did you do or say to make them want to leave? She never think women like that never think that they did anything at all. They think the men made them do things. Do you find that is the same on the other end? For the men, for the men, the men just say that women don't understand. And actually they don't. One of the things that women find hard to do in any relationship and any culture is to listen. Listening for most women is not a good thing for them because they think they know the answers already. They think they know where you're going with it already. And they don't. That's why men say they don't want to talk to you because you don't listen. If I tell you my arm hurt, let's say, for instance, you come on and say, honey, uh, the job laid us off today. All she heard, translation was, you did something wrong. And she asked you by saying, what'd you do? Now, I didn't do anything. The job decided to lay me off, you know, to do whatever. I'm going back to work next week, whatever. What'd you do? You had to do something. It wouldn't just lay you off for nothing. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? I'm telling you. That they laid me off and will return my next week, but right now I'm laid off. She cannot hear that. What she heard was, You're not working, you're not making no money, and how are we going to live? Interesting. Very interesting. We're on blindknowledge.com. We'll be up there. We're probably up there right now. You can have five of your screen, blindknowledge.com. I'm chilling with the man, the myth, the legend, and now you know him. Andre, quick question What's your favorite color? Burgundy. Burgundy. Interesting choice. Why? Just like the feel. It's, it's, a, it's a fall or a summer thing, so it's not too much work to do it. It can be either one. Yeah, I mean, it's an open-ended question. Like, my favorite color is blue some days. Some days it's green. You know, I, I like, and there's no reason for it. I find that, like, different, different questions like that, simple stuff, like, what's your favorite animal that you'd be if you had to be an animal? Or what's your favorite color? It resonates. It resonates um, with your inners. You know, your... Um, you know, your subconscious, you know, Freud said that there's, oh, what was it? the ego, the super ego and the id, I believe. And there's the different levels. I think I said it out of, out of order, the id, the ego and the super ego. So what I'm getting at here is it sounds like you have a great way of getting 
into these areas that maybe there's walls up. When you have to knock down these brick walls, or maybe they're just fiberglass walls, you know, no matter if it's tough to get through or easy, how do you feel after? Do you ever feel, do you feel satisfied? Are you happy? Do you ever feel bad? Like, is it always a good experience? Good question. I feel, I would probably say, good about my approach to get the answer. I don't feel bad about getting the answer because it's part of the process. Good example. I would not, if I wanted to get deeper on this, I want to ask a tough question. I would ask it in a form of a question. Would you feel that your actions caused him to do what he did with you? They would answer me and they give me the truth, but I didn't say, tell me what's wrong. You know, it's like direct, make him shut down. I asked him in a form of a question. <laughs> you don't have like paragraphs on a, on a, uh, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Do you find that people lie to you or are you able to tell? Very much so. Very much so. Really? Oh, man. That's the first 30 minutes can be a 30 minutes of lies or 30 minutes of the truth. Yeah. On a date, when a guy's dating a woman, the first 30 minutes I tell women of that date, he's telling you the truth. But he's watching to see if your eyes light up. If your eyes light up on the things he says, he keep telling you the truth. But if you look like you're disinterested in what he's saying, he will go to and resort to a lie. So he'll switch it up and even lie. Just to make those eyes glisten. Now, for the woman in in a session, and the woman in the session, when I'm talking to her, the first 30 minutes is spent on telling me a lie. Because she don't want me to think that she's a bad woman, she's a bad person, or she can't be good, or she can't be loved, or anything like that. So she tells me the information in the way of, he did this first, so I reacted. He said this, so I reacted. I did this, he did this, he did it's always he did, he did, he did, he did. It's never maybe I did something or could have done something. Or maybe I said something wrong. Or my tongue was the wrong way. Or I was too slick in what I said. None of that comes resonate with her in the first 30 minutes. By the time we get through in that first 30 minutes and get to the next 30 minutes, I start asking questions, what I call valid questions concerning. Tell me exactly what happened. What did you say? What did you say? What did you do? What did you what did he do? Then we find out that what was said and done was a reaction to something that was over here, but that didn't come directly from him. Some of it came from you as well. Your reaction to what he said or was doing was not a positive reaction. It was more of a negative reaction, which men don't like to hear being negative all the time. So get your positive answers. You came negative. He took it as negative. He responded negatively. So now you're going nowhere. I have learned so much. I hope y'all out there have learned uh, as much as I have. We're going to go ahead and we're going to promote all your information over on Blind Knowledge uh, Twitter. Blind underscore knowledge. We'll hook you up with um, as much promotion as we can. And thank you for spending the time with me. Thank you for enlightening me. And hopefully the enlightenment of myself has helped to enlighten others. I appreciate you having me. I truly do. That's our goal, man. Thank you, Andre. Yo, that was Andre Pearson. Dude, how awesome is that guy? He knows a thing or two about a thing or two. I think if you go to a regular, you know, uh, therapist that maybe you get out of a directory from your insurance company, you know, a lot of that is just the same old deal. What are the What are they going to bill? How much are they going to get paid? What are the codes going in? It's all the same generic stuff. Yo, if you want something different, you want something natural, you want to have a real conversation, get to the bottom of the things and get to the bottom of those things. Call, text, 
email, send a smoke signal over to Andre Pearson. And if you don't know, now you know. My name is Joey B. We were dropping knowledge. Check out Blind Knowledge. Blindknowledge.com is a spot. It's hot. It's live. Blindknowledge.com. We got a live stream. We got 18 podcasts. And hopefully Andre will join us soon on that platform in some way, shape, or form. Probably through the live stream. And you can see this interview and many more over at Blindknowledge.com. My name is Joey B. I'm going to go take a cold shower because, wow, information for real. Yo, I hope you have a great night, a great week. Yo, take care. Peace and love. Bye-bye. Hello, folks, and thank you. Thank you so much. So, so very much. This is the Reverend Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. That's Jackson Fetalbush Beetle. And our rave reviews, rave reviews for a new collective, a new vision, shall we say. They're called Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com is where you can find these folks. And let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters and my non-identifying friends. I love this content. I love their channels. I love their presentation, if you will. So check them out. BlindKnowledge. BlindKnowledge.com. Coming to a screen near you. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation.